Phoenix Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing how Imagine Dairy is on a mission to make cow-free milk the new norm and partake foods going beyond allergen-friendly treats to create opportunities for people of color. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X-Talks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Vera Kovacevic. Thanks for coming today. So uh, it was just Black History Month last month, um, and as such, I wanted to talk about a company that I wrote about called Partake Foods. And they're a really interesting company for, for a couple of reasons, so I'll kind of dive right in. So, you know, as someone who loves sweets, we know that cakes, cookies, and brownies, they tend to be packed with a lot of common allergens like cow's milk, eggs, and tree nuts. Um, Luckily, I'm not allergic, but I've known many people with allergies and you know, like me, they all deserve to have a treat once in a while, but it can be really, um, you know, they can be excluded from that um, without some serious planning and forethought. So that's where Partake Foods comes in. So this company was founded in 2016 by Denise Woodard, and it was created out of necessity for an allergen and gluten-free cookie and baking mix. So after Woodard's young daughter was diagnosed with multiple food allergies, she couldn't really find any high-quality snacks that her daughter could enjoy safely. So she left her career at Coca-Cola to focus on launching Partake. But the brand sells more than sweet treats. To Woodard, every box is a step toward inclusion and accessibility in the food industry. So I'll get into that in a bit. But it's no secret that children love sweet things, and Woodard's daughter Vivian was no exception. But since she has multiple food allergies, including several outside of the top eight, Woodard was determined to create a better-tasting, allergen-free, and healthier alternative for her daughter and others like her. And she wasn't a natural-born baker either, but she became self-taught out of necessity, and from there the business was born. So to accelerate the process of formulating the cookies that everyone could enjoy, Woodard enlisted the help of Shauna Ahern, and she's the author of Gluten-Free Girl Every Day. And together they created a cookie that is free of the top eight allergies, uh, or sorry, allergens, as well as mustard, sesame, and sulfates. So this is where the name Partake comes in, because it's truly a product that everyone can partake. So the brand launched with a mission to make delicious foods that can be enjoyed without apprehension. And also not just when it comes to allergies. The cookies also have 30% less sugar than other sweets. They incorporate fruits and vegetables, and they have more fiber and protein than some of its competitors. And the brand also took it a step further by becoming gluten-free certified and vegan certified to be even more accessible. And now uh, they sell a lot more than just cookies. They've expanded their product line to include soft baked cookies, brownie and blondie mixes, pancake and waffle mixes, and most recently a pizza crust baking mix. And clear labeling also became a huge priority for the brand and each product clearly stating, uh, you know, which ingredients are included as well as the allergens that are excluded and third party certifications. But how are they doing in terms of sales? 
pretty well. Partake has found major success in recent years, and they grew tenfold in 2020. And in terms of funding, they've accumulated $7.5 million, including a $4.8 million Series A funding round in January 2021. And it also has some really notable and interesting investors like Rihanna, Jay-Z's Marcy Ventures, and Once Upon a Farm co-founder and CEO John Foraker. Um, and the products can be found in 7,000 stores as well as online through Amazon. And now, uh, in terms of creating opportunities for people of color, as a Black-owned brand that's majority-backed by investors of color, Partake was built with intentionality. It's not just a food business. So in 2020, the brand launched the Black Futures in Food and Beverage Fellowship Program, which, according to the website, welcomes active juniors and above enrolled in historically Black colleges and universities, or HBCUs, interested in exploring a career in the food and beverage industry. So it's a seven-week virtual program, and it includes career prep and workshops with food and beverage industry leaders. And it concludes with a capstone project and a virtual career day that can result in internships and full-time roles at big food and beverage companies. And the first cohort had every full-time student land a job or an internship. So this fellowship is really meant to be sort of a primer on the wide variety of job opportunities in the food industry. And students who are in this program will learn about different career paths, how to build a network, business models, presentation skills, and how to build a purpose-driven brand that lasts all within the consumer packaged goods industry. So the applications for this year's fellowship will be open this summer from July 9th to September 3rd, and the program will take place between October 5th and November 19th, 2022. But aside from the fellowship, Partake is really passionate about getting safe food into the hands of food insecure families. Um, according to FAIR, food allergies affect 1 in 13 children across the country, with black children being at a significantly higher risk of developing these allergies. So that's why um, a portion of the brand's proceeds go to organizations like No Kid Hungry to provide access to food, education, and advocacy. So this company was really, really interesting to write about. You know, it's it's one of many companies that are going beyond, above and beyond just, you know, selling accessible food and actually creating opportunities for people who may not otherwise uh, be able to get into the food and beverage industry through this program. So just want to get your thoughts on, you know, first of all, um, what they sell and how inclusive that is. And also, you know, the other aspect of the company um, where they create opportunities for, for, for people of color. Yeah. So for me, like I was really unaware of how many different like allergies exist to like things like cookies, for example, I thought it was mostly peanuts, you know, like when I was a kid, I remember I wasn't, I didn't bring Nutella to school um, because I, I had a, there was a student in my class who was allergic to peanuts. And so I didn't really know that there was more than even just those uh, eight or nine listed allergens. So um I think it's really, it is really important to make sure, especially for kids, you know, that, that every child can enjoy to eat something sweet. So I was really glad that this company Partake is, is doing, is doing that to make it a reality. Um, second thing, I, I do think it's great that they're going above and beyond and they're trying to create, you know, job, but to help people of color land, um, you know, one of their dream jobs in the food and beverage industry just by having them more engaged in their program 
So were there, I know you mentioned they can engage in workshops and panel discussions and conversations with some of the food and beverage industry's um, impactful leaders. And I, I do think this will leave a very memorable um, experience on them that they didn't just get from their education. So I think they're really going to remember this um, and it's really going to help them find the job that that they want to have. For example, maybe some of those students know that they want to work in the food and beverage industry, but they're not quite sure like what sec what section. Um, so I think they will really remember this um, more so than just sitting in a class. So I think it was a great idea by Partake Foods. That's right. And then they also have, you know, a founder and CEO to look up to and to, uh, you know, really like not idolize per se, but just someone, yeah, someone they can look up to who's formed a successful food business and is trying to help them, you know, succeed with, you know, another business or maybe even starting their own. So yeah, she's, she's working overtime, um, you know, for her business and, and for other people. So it was such a, such a really, you know, awesome job she's doing. Yeah, that's a great thing. Basically, you know, uh, these students can see someone that looks like them, right? In in a position like this and just doing um, such great things, having her own business and really making an impact through her, her work um, for, you know, uh, the black community as well with that, with the inclusion. So I think that's really great. And, um, you know, she's a great role model in that sense um, for, I think, uh, younger people who want to get into business and who may, you know, have, may have certain hesitations or questions so they can, you know, I think this is, it's really great and it's really important to have those role models in, you know, in communities uh, like the black community or other minority communities that people can look up to. I also think this brand is uh, really interesting because, uh, yeah, I'm just reading here that food allergies have been on the rise, um, you know, in, in the past couple of decades. And I think according to a BBC report, the, the rate of food allergies worldwide has increased from about 3% in 1960 to about 7%. So yeah, pretty significant. So I think this is very, um, it's really great that this company has uh, focused and honed in on, on food allergies because it's not just the rate that has increased, but also the range of foods to which people are allergic to has also widened. So definitely very relevant and very important. I also like the fact that, you know, um, there was a focus, I think, just on overall uh, healthy or, or better for you uh, kind of uh, ingredients here, because I think the cookies, um, they have 30% less sugar. Am I right? So that's a great way to introduce kids to, to something as great as cookies, but, you know, with a lower sugar content. And um, I think a lot of food and taste is just... Um, uh, just, you know, whatever you're introduced to and, to and whatever you kind of get used to, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, acquired, acquire, you know, the taste that you acquire, I think. Um, and if you can start early with kids, like that's such a great thing, you know, don't introduce those extreme sugary things and they'll grow up not liking them so that that's, uh, they won't have acquired the taste for it. So I think it's really great that they have, uh, they're really focusing on both, um, 
better for you and like the allergens uh, perspective. Yeah, great points. I I didn't even know how much allergies has had risen um, since, you know, a few decades ago. Uh, But clearly there's a need for something like this. And I find that, you know, some of the most successful companies come out of necessity. And and this is this is certainly one of them. Of course, millions of children and adults uh, suffer from uh, food allergies. And and like Woodard's daughter, it's it's not just the top eight allergies that we're used to seeing all the time. So this product um, both for health reasons, for allergen reasons, um, and and you know if you eat organic and if or if you eat vegan, it seems extremely inclusive. So you know it's it's not even just for people with allergies. It seems like uh, something that everyone can enjoy. So really awesome company. So moving on, um, I also wrote about a company um, that is an animal-free dairy protein maker called Imagine Dairy. And they are one step closer to commercializing cow-free milk. But in this case, we're not talking about plant-based milk alternatives like soy or oat milk. Um, I also recently wrote about a new type of plant-based milk, barley milk. Um, But we're not talking about that. We're talking about milk with dairy proteins. So this company is based in Tel Aviv, and they're a food tech company that developed a proprietary technology to produce dairy proteins without the cow by leveraging natural precision fermentation. So I've written about this before. Um, they're, they're, they're not the first company to do it, but they seem to be um, one of the closest to commercializing their product. So when using precision fermentation, it allows Imaginary to replicate real milk proteins, um, including casein and whey, which are two of the, com- the key compounds responsible for the taste, texture, and other properties of cow's milk and its derivatives. So simply put, Fermentation is the process in which a substance breaks down into a simpler substance, and it's what makes bread rise, yogurt thicken, and give beer its fuzz. But in this case, instead of feeding cows, the new approach involves feeding microorganisms that can be up to 20 times more efficient than a cow system in turning feed into human food. So based on a system and synthetic biology platform, the technology allows manufacturers to produce cow-free, sustainable dairy with all the natural values of real milk. And although it hasn't debuted on the market just yet, Imagine Dairy recently closed a $13 million seed round to commercialize cow-free milk proteins. So since no cows are involved in the milk-making process, Imagine Dairy can avoid many of the environmental problems like greenhouse gas emissions associated with traditional dairy cattle production. Um, But there's also an ethical part of the equation, which is increasingly important to many consumers. So since consumers want the sensation of real milk without harming animals, Imagine Dairy's proteins provide the best of both worlds. Um, and like I said, they're not they're not the first company working on this. I've written about another company called Perfect Day. Um, they also received regulatory approval for a new animal-free milk protein, and it was first developed. Um, the first developed product of theirs was ice cream in 2019, and since then, a growing number of brands and products are using Perfect Day's animal-free protein from Flora to make their products, including ice cream maker Brave Robot. Unlike Perfect Day, Imagine Dairy is currently collaborating with dairy companies, and they're offering a complete range of dairy proteins. 
Uh, and there's a growing demand for more sustainable alternatives to, to, to traditional agriculture. So dairy companies are really eager to dip their toes into the world of precision fermentation. And that's why Imagine Dairy's go-to-market strategy is going to be business to business. But how will consumers respond to yet another milk on the market? So Ayel Afrigan, the co-founder and CEO of Imagine Dairy, said, Once we reach commercialization, more consumers will be able to enjoy eating animal-free dairy products. It's hard for people to make big changes, especially when it comes to the foods they enjoy. But when there's an alternative with the same flavor and experience that is more aligned with the, to their values, it becomes easy. So whether consumers are ready or not, Imagine Dairy expects to launch its dairy-free proteins by next year in 2023. Um, and it will join South Africa's De Novo Dairy, which is Africa's first precision fermentation dairy startup. And De Novo Dairy and Imagine Dairy are you know, joining the growing number of startups around the world using pioneering precision fermentation to create dairy proteins identical to those found in nature. So I think the easiest way to, you know, describe this to someone if I had to is, is that it's the dairy version of lab-grown meat. So we're not harming any animals, but we're essentially trying to extract all we love and know about dairy milk, um, but without, you know, the need for cows. And there's obviously so many benefits to doing this. Um, and if it truly does look and taste like real milk, I think it has a huge shot um, of at least disrupting the, the the dairy market. And one thing I didn't touch on, but I wanted to know your, your, your thoughts on was, you know, if in the next five to 10 years, this does take off, um, how do you think it will affect, you know, dairy farmers? And do you think they will be jumping on this trend as well and sort of learning how to, uh, to, to produce milk differently? Or do you think it will, will put people out of jobs? Uh, I'm curious to know what you think about that. I think with any new technology, really, it's it's going to be about just evolution and transitioning to another mode, right? And I think for dairy farmers, I think they're realizing that with, you know, plant-based milks and, and other milk alternatives as well. So this is not, you know, this is nothing new for them at this point, I think. So I think, you know, the industry is it's really you know, going to have to look for ways to, to evolve with the times, as they say. So, you know, I've been hearing about like a lot of dairy farmers um, being trained to grow like crops and, and such for plant-based milk. So again, it's, it's just going to be a transition into something different and um, it's going to be about adapting. And there are, you know, how you mentioned in your piece that um, this company is already partnering with dairy, uh, you know, producers. And so, I think it's great that, um, you know, companies that are producing milk alternatives are partnering with the dairy industry, so as not to exclude them. So I, I really like seeing that, you know, it's not like, oh, we're coming in as competitors. It's more like we're coming in as partners and as, um, you know, we're offering an alternative and you, we want you to be on board. So I, I really like that kind of sentiment there. I think that's going to really take everyone really uh, far. Um, I really like this uh, innovation as well. Um, and that's such a great analogy that this is like the dairy version of lab-grown meat. So I think that's a perfect way to put it. Um, and I'm excited to see, yeah, I like to try this because I don't think we have anything like this mm -hmm. in Canada yet, right? Yeah, so it'd be really cool to try it. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything 
negative to say until I taste it. Yeah, like the, the thing about this that's interesting is that we'll actually be able to buy, you know, cartons of milk um, rather than, you know, products where the, the, the taste and texture of milk is more concealed like cheese or, or ice cream. I think this is one of the first that's just selling milk um, in addition to, you know, other dairy products. Um, that'll be like the true test of, of whether this technology is really doing what it says it's going to do because I really enjoy cow's milk and I'm fully willing to never buy cow's milk again if this is, you know, exactly like like it. So, yeah. Right. And I think, yeah, you know, as much as like the other milks, like plant-based milks, like oat milks, um, nut milks, you know, try to emulate, you know, cow milk, they, they just can't really do it. Like, you know that you are drinking a plant-based milk. So it'd be nice for people that, you know, uh, don't really like the taste of the, the, you know, the alternatives out there to have a product that is going to closely resemble the real thing um, in terms of like, you know, the very, by very nature, I think that's going to be great. And of course the environmental sustainability component is going mm-hmm. to be huge, right? Um, yeah. That's so. the other thing um, about some plant-based milks um, is that they're not always as good as they, as you think they would be uh, for the environment, mm-hmm. for example, Almond milk, almond production requires right. a lot of water and resources. Um, I think oat milk would probably be the best in terms of sustainability. But if you've ever drank oat milk, I mean, it's just oats. It tastes like oats. It's very oaty. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they're really doing the most in terms of getting the taste of milk right, doing uh, what's best for the environment, not harming animals. So, yeah, the the I'm really really eager to to try this once it's available. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find Xtalks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com, or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.